It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, Episode 70. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Health Daily, the podcast that brings you the best content in health, fitness, and nutrition five days a week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Dr. Neil Malik. Hello and welcome to another special Friday edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your questions relating to health and fitness. I'm Dr. Neil Malik, and if you're wondering why you should even bother sending me your questions and what makes me an authority on this stuff, well, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, I have my doctorate degree in public health, and I'm also a personal trainer. I'm also an assistant professor and program lead for the Master of Science in Nutrition for Wellness program at Bastyr University in California, as well as faculty at two other universities. Now, I typically read blogs to you during the week and reserve Friday to answer questions submitted from you, the listener. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. So if you want to submit one of your own questions and be in special raffles to win books and lots more from us, make sure you listen to the end of the show where I'll mention exactly how you can do that. Today's inspirational quote supposedly comes from Confucius. I mean, the guy lived so long ago, do we really know it came from him? Either way, it's a really good quote. The man who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. And now, let's get to answering your questions and start optimizing your life. Hi, Dr. Neal. My name's Star, and I'd like to know what you think about diet sodas and other artificial sweeteners. In my mind, it's an easy substitute that cuts out extra sugar and calories. But what else should I consider? Thanks. Hi, Star. Thank you for your question. Now, when I was a health educator for a community-based weight loss program, we would always tell our patients that if they wanted to satisfy their sweet craving, diet soda and other foods with so-called alternative sweeteners were a good option. Now, this was especially true for those with diabetes. Now, why would we recommend the consumption of artificial sweeteners at all? As Star mentioned in her question, it was because these foods typically had no or very few calories and no real sugar. This means they could consume as many sodas and sugar-free hard candies, for example, as they would like, and yet still satisfy their sweet craving, but without worrying about getting off track with their weight loss or blood sugar goals. But was this really the best advice? There are so many alternative sweeteners available at your local market now, it's hard to keep track. While some of them have been sold commercially for decades, others are rookies and newer to the game. What we're learning is not all of these sugar substitutes are created equal. Get it? Did you catch that? You know, because equal is one type of sugar substitute? Okay, I'll stop. For some of the newer substitutes on the market, there's not as much scientific data on their health effects, so I may not be able to speak to all of them. But I will mention the following. Equal, aka aspartame, NutraSweet, or AminoSweet, Sweet and Low, also called saccharin, Splenda, also known as sucralose, Stevia, sugar alcohols like mannitol and sorbitol, and yacone syrup. First up, I'll actually talk about stevia. Stevia is sometimes, but not all that often, called Rebiana. Now, this sweetener comes in different forms like Truvia, Purevia, and Sweetleaf. Each is a little different in their chemical compositions, but basically stevia itself comes from the leaves of the Yerba Dulce plant. Based on the available data, most health agencies for now consider it generally recognized as safe. This means that at this time, there's not enough scientific evidence to show that stevia consumption may harm us. But I should mention that there are a couple of issues with this. 
Some studies have shown stevia may lead to genetic mutations, but these studies were performed in a lab and not with actual human beings, so that's one problem. But the other issue is here in the US, we kind of do things backwards. We assume everything on our supermarket shelves is safe, unless proven otherwise. But if you go to other countries, like in the UK, for example, they do the opposite. Nothing is considered safe until they have proven that that product is safe, which is what I feel we should adopt here, but we don't. So there are some concerns about stevia, but we need more data to know for sure. Next up, sugar alcohols. These are actually made up of real sugar, but less of it. You usually find sugar alcohols in sugar-free gums and candies. They're called sugar alcohols because, yeah, they do in fact contain some real sugar, but they also consist of some alcohol as well. Now, from a taste standpoint, these aren't as sweet as real sugar, but the advantage of these is that they're absorbed into the bloodstream much more slowly. So for those struggling to manage their blood sugar, this is a good thing. Sugar alcohols are generally recognized as safe, but I always warn folks to watch how much of these they consume. When you start approaching the 50 grams of sugar alcohols per day limit, they may have a laxative effect. Now, what about Equal or NutraSweet? Both of these are made of a product called aspartame. You'll often find Equal or NutraSweet in diet sodas. The Harvard School of Public Health found an association between diet soda consumption and cancer in men, meaning as men consume more diet soda with Equal or NutraSweet, their risk of cancer also went up. Now, they believe this is due to the fact that our bodies convert aspartame which is the main ingredient in Equal and NutraSweet, to a product called formaldehyde. Now, formaldehyde may sound familiar to you. This is what coroners use to preserve human bodies after they've passed on. So formaldehyde is actually a known carcinogen or cancer-causing agent. So at this time, it's probably best to limit your consumption of Equal and NutraSweet. Moving on to Sweet and Low, or saccharin. This one we actually want to avoid. People like to use this substitute because it's 350 times sweeter than sugar, so little can go a long way. But many different scientific sources have found that there's an increased risk for cancer with consumption. So I would say limit or completely avoid sweet and low. Next up, Splenda, also known as sucralose. Now, Splenda is relatively new to the market, but it should be consumed with caution. Splenda is made by reacting sucrose, which is a type of sugar, with chlorine. So it's advised that folks shouldn't get more than five milligrams of Splenda per kilogram of body weight. So let's try and make sense of that. So let's say we have a 150 pound adult, or they're 68 kilograms roughly. They shouldn't consume more than 340 milligrams of Splenda per day. Now, if we consider individual packets of Splenda that they now sell, those contain about 4,000 milligrams of Splenda. So we're talking about limiting Splenda use pretty significantly here. And finally, Jacone Syrup. This is a rookie when it comes to the sugar substitute game. This product became a household name, actually, after Dr. Oz promoted it as a potential weight loss tool. After he and his TV producers conducted a study of over 700 women, results found that Jacone Syrup may have helped the women with their weight loss. But the study had some huge design flaws. So... Basically, it's hard to know whether the syrup actually helped the women lose the weight or whether it was due to something else entirely. At this time, I would say save your money on your cone syrup until we have enough research to know whether it's truly safe to consume in the longer term and whether it actually may help with weight loss. The bottom line here is, 
the only sugar substitutes that would be considered safe to use on a regular basis at this point are sugar alcohols like sorbitol and mannitol and possibly stevia. The only one you may really want to consider avoiding completely would be sweet and low, whereas the other ones, it'd probably be wise to limit your consumption as often as possible. Thank you again for your question, Star. You'll be entered into a special small raffle every month to win a book from us. And if you want to be a part of that, definitely send in your own question, and it's really easy and free to do. Just come by oldpodcast.com. There's a red bar along the side of the page. If you click on that, you can submit an audio question using your computer's microphone or the mobile app. Plus, you can listen back and do as many takes as you like, and it's super simple. And I love answering your questions, so definitely keep sending those in. So once again, just visit oldpodcast.com, click the red bar along the side to submit your question. Or, if that's too complicated, we have a phone number now and you can leave a message. Just call 61-I-LOVE-O-H-D. Again, happy Friday to you all. It's another week of the show in the books. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll see you in Monday's episode where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together, we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us and remember, your optimal life awaits.